Once again, 63 was just not meant to be. It's two games in a row where the Phoenix Suns had an opportunity to win their 63rd game of the season, breaking the franchise record set by the 93 and 2005 Phoenix Suns. But alas, once again, Matthew, the Suns fell short, this time in Oklahoma City, getting, uh, getting their teeth kicked in a little bit, losing by a total of 21 points to the Oklahoma City Thunder, not scoring over 30 <laughs> points in any quarter this evening. Uh, 63 is just going to have to wait, man. It is. If you come into Oklahoma City Thunder and play Poku, with that energy, you're going to get run the hell out of there, right? Yeah. You can't come in there like that if you're going to go up against Poku. So the Suns <laughs> deserve that loss. And the season's almost over, right? We're almost to the playoffs. So we'll be good. Okay. Well, that that's going to... There's a lot to talk about, though. So There's still a lot to talk about. But yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, you know, again, losing to Poku, your boy Poku. He got an up-close and personal look at Poku tonight. The guy couldn't miss a three. He shoots 28% on the season from <laughs> beyond the arc and just <laughs> flushing him from beyond the arc. Every time I'm like, fucking Matthew. God damn it, his guy. Uh, but yeah, you know, plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. It's not a celebratory one. We were hoping that it would be win number 63. I got the I got a beer. Just waiting to pop open for that moment. Not going to pop that open on this one. So Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast, the best post-game podcast on Planet Orange. I'm your host, John, a.k.a. Darth Voida. He's your host, Matthew, a.k.a. Matthew Paul. Matthew Paul. Yeah. I've listened to some of our old podcasts from Once Upon a Time. You're like, this is Matthew Paul. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, You can follow the show at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lucy. And please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you happen to be here watching along live or watching a little bit later on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button while you're here. Uh, as I mentioned, I will not be poking, I will not be poco, pokuing a in your uh, head. <laughs> damn pokus <laughs> in everybody's head. I'm not having a beer tonight. I'm gonna actually try this Coco Five. This oh, you got the, one. Yes, this is the Devin Booker. You know, it's what he's holding at fries. Yeah, you got the selfie with them too, right? Yes, I got the yeah. selfie with them. This is coconut water with other natural flavors. Uh, hydration plus electrolytes. I'm going with the cherry flavor. You know, we got a fantasy baseball draft tonight, okay? You got to stay hydrated, be, man. I can't be tanked for that thing. I remember once upon a time, Matthew and I were in a couple different fantasy baseball leagues together. And one of them is what we call the big money league. You know, it's it's a pretty pi- price you pay to participate in this league. There's 10 teams in the AL, 10 teams in the NL. And I remember one time, Matthew and I were so excited for it that we started drinking like two hours before the draft. And Matthew had this whole beautiful plan and strategy laid out. He'd done all of his research. He had like the third pick, and the guy yeah. he he had his whole draft was around this one guy. I think it was Jose Ramirez. You're, I'm picking mm-hmm. Jose Ramirez at number three, and then I'll go from there. And like somebody took him at number two, and like your whole draft just fell apart. You didn't know yeah. what to do the rest of the fucking I think draft. about that every time I prep for a draft. I think about that draft. So I it's it's instilled in my brain, just like Poku is in our minds tonight, where I have Multiple ways I can go, but we'll see how it goes. Well, we'll, It'll probably still be a shit show like always. It always is. It always it is. Always so is. Uh, pop them if you got them, Suns fans. Lord knows we need it today. And uh, let's talk about this loss to Oklahoma City Thunder. Fucking Poku.
good to know some Suns fans are holding it down. We got Men Ken Kenny in the chat. He says, checking in, bros. Now checking out. Love you guys, but I got to go. I have to drink another six-pack after this game. Because, yeah, this is one of those games that kind of makes you want to drink a six-pack, which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, with the Suns lost today, are you mad or are you just disappointed? I don't know if I'm either. Maybe a little bit disappointed um, because they did start out hot and they did something they didn't do last game where they got ahead. And I think the whole time last game, they were trying to get back into it down by 10, down by nine. This time they got out ahead. So I'm like, okay, that's where they need to be, right? To kind of coast through this thing, give a little bit of an effort to get the win. But it was kind of disappointing because they didn't hold their end. And I know there's some guys out tonight, but it's a little disappointing. But I'm honestly not too upset. What about you, man? No, I'm I'm with you. You know, again, for those of you who didn't watch the game, there's no DeAndre Ayton. There's no Devin Booker. There's no Jay Crowder in this game. So you're missing three of your five starters. Now, granted, the Memphis Grizzlies just sat all their starters but one and beat the Suns. So in theory, the Suns should beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, the lowly Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that finds themselves currently watching Tankathon. Right. I mean, they are three games better than the Houston Rockets for the worst record in the Western Conference. They definitely are trying not to put wins together. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Phoenix Suns need to kind of I, I'm disappointed. It's not that we lost. It's how we lost. That was the frustrating part about this for me. I don't care if we lose these games right now. I really don't. The, we're at that point in the season where it's like, just get to the playoffs. But it's how you lose these games. You know, with the Memphis Grizzlies, it was a game in which we got completely out-rebounded and the energy just wasn't there. This is another game where I feel like the energy just wasn't there. The Phoenix Suns were just chucking up threes left and right. They shot 38 threes tonight, okay? 38 of them. Uh, this season, they've shot more than th- or have shot 38 or more a total of like nine times. They're not a three-point shooting team. It's not what they do. And when you see a team that's literally just chucking up threes, it's it's telling you one thing. They're just too lazy to go and try to get down on the, on the block and try to create contact. And I get that. You don't want them getting injured. You don't need Cam Johnson driving to the hole every time trying to get two points. You'd rather he stays healthy and just chucks up threes. But you take into account that they're, they're, they shot 38 threes. They only made seven of them. This was a season-worst 18.4% from beyond the arc performance tonight. Their previous low was a game in which they uh, they played against the Dallas Mavericks and they only shot 22%. And then Minnesota, they shot 22.6%. And then against Cleveland, they shot 23.1%. And then Philly, they shot 23.1%. Do you know what those four games had, did not have in common with tonight, Matthew? They won those games, right? All of them were wins. Mm-hmm. Correct. All of them were wins. Because if you look at their total attempts in those games, it's 26, it's 26, it's 31. They relied so heavily tonight on the three-point ball that I can understand why they lost because they weren't hitting those shots. And again, disappointed is probably the best word that I utilize. But if you look at it just like that, that they're just shooting threes, no one's getting injured, and had they hit a few more of those threes, maybe they would have been in this game. Absolutely. 
I, I think that I'm not upset. I'm just, I, it's one of those games where it's just like, yeah, you know, sometimes it just happens that way. But when, once again, you look at the rebounds, 54 to 33 advantage, Oklahoma city, 19 more rebounds, defensive rebounds, 42 to 27 offensive rebounds, 12 to six. The frustrating thing for me again, in the way that they lost this game is they once again, put forth no effort on the boards. And I know that you don't have Jay Crowder and you don't have DeAndre Ayton, your top two rebounders, but no one gave a shit, man. And that just, no. that's not the right juju you need going into the playoffs. No, but also, I don't think they can really come out and say, hey, we're not going to have a lot of effort in this game, right? They can't let us know that. This isn't a thing the Suns, you know, this isn't a thing where they've been like this all year, right? Except for these last three games, they won the first one, they got to 62. And then the last two were just really disappointing, but they can't come out and say, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna come out there and just hope, hope these the Thunder team can just miss their threes, and maybe we can make a couple to win the game." Because that's how it seems. It seems like they're standing there, just like, "Okay, they 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 can't be this hot the whole game. They'll mm-hmm. have to fall off." I think that's really what they're hoping for for another one, just to get to sixty three. And it is kind of disappointing to watch that. It's more disappointing to see Booker on the sideline too, just looking over and he's just pissed off the whole game. Like even <laughs> yeah. when they were up early in the first half, he just had this glare on his on his face where he's just like, I don't know. He just looked like I was like, he's like, I just want to be in this game. I want to help them win this game. Uh, last game he was playing, obviously got 41. And he was thinking the same thing. He's like, I want to win this game, but no one else wants to. So now he's out of this game, which I was really surprised by. DeAndre Ayton's the one guy. It's like, if he sits, I'm okay with, because I understand, because he's not going to give the effort till the playoffs start. So you might as well just start him. Um, But also, I I just think it's a lazy game, man. And there's other teams too, right? Where the Lakers, the Clippers, are those other two teams where they play with some effort, but they're like the what if. Like, if we get these guys back, we'll be fine, right? So I think the Suns can kind of go through that where they can lose these games and be like, we'll have our guys back. We'll be okay, right? We can kind of have that in the back of our minds like the Lakers did all year, like the Clippers did all year. Like even though it's just like a six-game span till the mm-hmm. till these last two games and the four more games left in the season, I think it's okay for us just to realize like once we get our guys back, the tempo will be there. Chris Paul will be a bitch again. He's going to be all up in the rest faces again like he used to be. Devin Booker is going to be a B too. I didn't mean to use the full B word. I just meant Jesus. to call him a B. But you know what's going to happen. So I know that's going to happen in the playoffs. But we can just think right now, like, these are going to be hard to watch. So just don't watch them if you don't want to. We yeah. have to watch yeah. them. Yeah. Just don't watch them. If you see that the Booker's out again, just don't watch these games. We're not going to get to 63 <laughs> if this is going to keep happening. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, you know, really, like, at the end of the day, I don't care. Like, I should care. It Does, does it suck to sit down, watch Phoenix Suns basketball, something that we've been used to all season long of, long of being just purely dominating, and we're just like, you, you see a game like this where – Again, the Oklahoma City Thunder enter this game, one of the worst uh, three-point shooting teams, if not the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA, right? Uh, Yeah, they're dead last, 32.3%. And then you look at their injury report. Darius Baisley out for the season. Lou Dort out for the season. Derek Favors out for the season. Josh Giddey out for the season. Shea Gilgus Alexander out for the season. Ty Jerome out for the season. Mm -hmm. Trey Mann out. Mike Muscala out for the season. I mean, that's their injury report entering this game. So you naturally have this inclination like, yeah, we're going to win this game. This team is horrible at shooting threes. But you know what? who's been shooting the threes all year? All those guys. Because this team 
This version of the Thunder came out and they shot 41.5%. They were 17 of 41. They outscored the Suns by 30 points beyond the arc and won the game by 21. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, is it, is it frustrating to see them lose? Of course. But to your point, Matthew, what is our expectation? Kenneth Payne says in the chat, one of our loyal followers from Facebook, he says, are you guys good if we lose all of our remaining games by 20 with no momentum? Do we need momentum going into the playoffs is my question. No. We're a team that's so far ahead. You know, this is, yeah, you're right. I don't think, like, momentum is not a factor going into the playoffs because the moment that ball tips in the first round and we play whoever we're going to play, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, kind of what the standings are and what the potential possibilities could be. Even if that first game we we struggle a little bit as everyone kind of resyncs themselves, it's a seven game series, and the Suns are ha- are locked in and have been locked in. So yeah, does it suck to lose these games? Of course, of course it, it is. But at the same time, like I'm not overly worried because these aren't the games that necessarily matter anymore. The games that matter start in two weeks when the Phoenix Suns start their playoff run and their march towards championship. Yeah, and it's not the Suns' fault, really, that the rest of the league was not much of a competition the whole year towards the end of games when we were so good in the clutch. Um, we closed the season out too early, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of it, like you yeah. were just reading out the, the players that were out for the Thunder, that was every game this year. Every game, there's four or five players on the other team that was out. It was never a marquee matchup. It's like, oh, it's Suns versus the Bucks, Giannis versus Aiden. Like that never happened like all year, but maybe once. Like I was shocked to see Kevin Durant go head to head against Giannis the other night. Like, cause that hasn't happened all year in the NBA where you have yeah. these marquee matchups. It just hasn't. So that's why the Suns locked this up so early. And the momentum, it's not gonna stop. They they're still practicing, they're still doing their push-ups after these games, right? They're still having those workouts after the games and they're going to be fine. They can pick it back up because honestly, with the play in too, we're going to have, what are they going to have like five or six days off before the playoffs yeah, actually start? Exactly. Yep. So I'd say just get the rest. Mikhail Bridges will probably play the 82 games, but get the rest. If the Suns come back and they play like the Los Angeles Lakers or the Clippers in the first round mm-hmm. and they lose because they lost momentum, it's like, no, they lost because maybe those other teams were better. They're not going to lose because of any kind of momentum going yeah, into the exactly. playoffs, I don't think. Exactly. And Daniel Thompson says in YouTube, he's like, I'd rather have momentum than being a slump, let's be honest. Of course, but again, what causes yeah. that momentum and what causes that slump? No DA, no Devin Booker, no Jay Crowder. The fact that what everybody's pining for, Mikhail Bridges, total minutes played today, 30. Cameron Johnson, 31. Landry Sham at 31. Chris Paul, 30. So CP and Mikhail Bridges, two the, the two starters who did play, only played 30 minutes. That's exactly what we wanted. So again, of course we want to hand him Montana this bitch. We want the best of both worlds. We want 30 minutes from Mikhail, 30 minutes from CP3, and we still win by 10. Okay? Mm-hmm. But it sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Again, this was a, the, the Phoenix Suns were not being aggressive on offense. They weren't crashing the boards. They were chucking up threes left and right to the point where, let's see, if, if I do some quick math right here, they shot 38 of uh, uh, from beyond the arc, and they uh, what 40, 43% of their shots were from beyond the arc in this game. 43%. I guarantee you, if you go through and you look at their entire season, there will not be a higher mark of, of shots taken beyond the arc. Yeah. They're saving their legs. They're just chucking up threes. If they go in, great. If they don't, oh well. We've clinched the number one spot. Yeah. Let's not let's not get you know all frustrated and and you know this is ridiculous. We need to win every game going into the the uh, the playoffs. 
the most important thing is that this game ended, the Phoenix Suns lost, and how many people today got hurt for the Phoenix Suns? Exactly. That's all that matters right now. Stay healthy. That's all get that a, matters. Get, get to the playoffs. Do we want to win? Of course. But I guarantee you, there's no there's no one who's on the national level looking at this team right now and be like, ooh, the Suns are in trouble. No one. So why why are the fans? Because we're just so used to this. And we, we have horrid nightmares about the past. But also, like, even when even Cam Johnson McKillen to slow down a little bit, like, even if we have to lose by 30, like, Cam Johnson coming back and playing defense and falling over Poku and stuff, like, I don't want to see that stuff. I don't really want to see yes. McKill doing the reverse layups in the lane with three other big guys around because you just never know. So I still think about that stuff where I'm just like, slow down even more, you know? So that's just where my mind is. And when game one hits in the, in the, in the finals, that probably will happen. Game one in the first round, either it might be a feel-out game. They might lose game yeah. one. Who knows? But also, they might just kill the team. Like, oh, here they are. All right, we're good to go. And I agree with what Steve Haller says. He says, I'm not sweating this game or the Memphis game, but you don't want to build bad habits of not playing hard. And that's where, as I was mentioning a little bit earlier, that's where my disappointment comes in is from an effort standpoint, we're not seeing the same amount of effort from this team. And when you have guys like Ish Wainwright getting minutes, heavy minutes, when you have Alfred Payton getting minutes, a little bit of uh, Aaron Holiday, and of course, Ify Lumberg came in at the very end, didn't really necessarily have an impact on the game. Uh, but when Bismack Biombo, Torrey Craig, when a lot of these guys are getting minutes, this is their opportunity to play themselves into a playoff rotation. You think the effort level would be hard, would be higher. You think they would be portraying the reasons why they should be in this team's thoughts and minds when, you know, the, the games really start mattering again. And when the effort isn't there, that's where the frustration kind of go, you know, that that's where it sets in for me personally. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so of course, you know, the one guy we really are kind of everybody's kind of keeping their eyes on right now. Lights, Cameron, action. The, the reinstitution of Cameron Johnson, who was uh, in San Antonio for the final four yesterday, got to see his brother play and beat the Duke Blue Devils. Matthew, I know you, and you did not watch that game, did you? I did not. I apologize <laughs> to everybody. You know, these players that we watch currently do come from college. Uh, soon it'll just be the G League probably, but I can't stand to watch college basketball. It's the most boring. Even when I hear, um, you know, recaps about college basketball and podcasts, like this game's <laughs> terrible, but then people still watch it. So I heard it was a good game, though. <laughs> it's one of the most amazing matchups in the history of sports, and you missed it. I can't believe you. I can't believe you. It's Duke, North Carolina, finally meeting each other in the f- tournament for the first time. You know, it's like it, that's like if the. Red Sox and the Yankees could play each other in the World Series. But college like, basketball is not the same anymore. I just not, I can't. It, it's not. It's not. I can't be a still, jerk and not ever watching and watch this matchup and like. Oh, I, I can't. I will hundred percent be a jerk. I don't watch any college basketball. I'm the same yeah. as you. But there's a historical thing that kind of takes over when that happens. And I knew that Cam Johnson's brother was playing, and I was kind of interesting watching him play because he looks a lot like him. Like, oh, he does, doesn't he? Oh my God! You see him sitting on the on the sidelines. You're like. I wonder which one's Cam Johnson's bro. Oh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. There's, there <laughs> he saw, is. There I thought it was is. a flashback when I saw a picture on Twitter. I was like, oh, there's Cam Johnson three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> got the old. He's got the old haircut that Cam used to have and everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, but he was playing. Uh, or I'm sorry, Cam Johnson was at that game. Then he comes here and coming off that 0 for five, he started, I believe, 0 for eight in this game. Cam Johnson ends with 14 points, three, two, right? 
two of 11. Yeah, he was 0 for 8 from 3 to start this game. Yeah. He ended 2 for 11. And I love that, though, Matthew. Don't you? Not the 2 for 11 part, but the fact that he took 11 threes in this game. We need the only thing that matters, in my personal humble opinion, of course I want 63 wins. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. We'll have a chance to do that at home against the Lakers and at the same time excommunicate them from the playoffs, which would be fantastic on Tuesday. But outside of hitting 63 wins, the most important thing that needs to happen over these last four games is Cam Johnson needs to get his rhythm back. Am I right or am I right? Yep, you're totally right. He just needs to be more careful. I think defensively, he was kind of all over the place and he was running people over. Um, I'm scared about that, him falling on the ground. I'm scared that he's running to other players and might hurt himself because the thing is with Cam, like he was in such a good groove before he got hurt, like where he just found himself offensively. Now he's back with like, without the actual usual guys he might be on the court with. Um, so that might be a factor, but he just doesn't look the same. But I'm with you with those shots. If he's missing all of them, just keep chucking them up. And especially in games like this where they don't matter at yes. all, just keep getting your groove back. And the thing is, like when he's shooting those, he seems a little bit rushed a little bit. In the beginning of the game, he looked great. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like he can, we went through a slump, but you can see that the Suns were trying to feed him and get him into the groove. And then that's when kind of OC came back because Cam couldn't hit shit. So then OKC came back. And but I was just like, I don't care. You know, Cam, keep shooting, keep doing what you're doing. He just looks like he was a little bit he was trying too hard. Like a lot of these guys are right now, I think, that are on the floor of trying a little bit. I know we said there's no effort, but I mean trying too hard by like they're doing too much in certain possessions defensively, offensively, where it's just like it's kind of out of character a little bit. So it just that's what he kind of looked like tonight. And I think four more games is perfect for him. We'll probably get a game where he goes like six for eight from three. And then we'll be like, I hope so. Back. Shit. Yeah. That's what it. we need. Cause I mean, it. he was so unbelievably locked in prior to his injury in the game in which he hit the game winner against the New York Knicks. I mean, he was uh, mm-hmm. in fuego on fire. Any, anything that you want to put in there, all, all those little fun, little adjectives talking about how unbelievable he was from beyond the arc. And obviously this was only his second game back, but you know, he struggled a little bit, obviously. Mm-hmm. 0 for 5, the previous game, 0 for 8 to start. He entered this game, I think, shooting 44% from beyond the arc on the season. So, I mean, that's almost 50%. You know, 44, it's close enough for me. It's like one of out of every two is going in. And unfortunately, I forgot about this, Matthew. When you play OKC, the way that the microphone is on the hoop, every time you miss a shot or you brick one, it sounds like somebody kicking the side of a barrel. So it's like every time and the Suns missed a lot of fucking shots tonight, including Cam Johnson. <laughs> and he's missing those threes. He's just missing them. He's just missing them. I mean, the, the forms there, we know we saw this at the la- end of last season, right? Remember how he had the wrist injury at the end of last season? And it was mm-hmm. the same thing. It was, I, I we we're like literally go back and watch our old podcast right before the playoff run last year. It's you and me just being like, Cam, keep chucking him. Please keep chucking him. We got to get him back in rhythm. It's the same thing right now. It was just a little a- added extra, Oomph every time he missed on one because it sounded like somebody kicking the side of a fucking barrel. It was really annoying tonight. Yeah, everyone was in it. Even the ones that were going in were bouncing around like 10 times before they went in, like especially for Chris Paul. Uh, but Cam's just like, he's the last guy that really needs to get ready um, other than Chris Paul maybe. But Chris yep. Paul just seems like he's kind of cruising. I think he just needs to get his feet under him just you know, to have the energy, to have the stamina heading into the playoffs. That's really like, that's all that is. I mean, he had his assists, of course, tonight, but I just think those are the last two that we just kind of need to get in rhythm. No, I completely agree. And that's what you use these last four games for. I mean, I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised. I don't think anybody will play against the Kings. 
That's the last game of the season. I don't think anybody will play against the Kings. No, I don't uh, think so. You know, so uh, the Sports Show podcast commented and says, so what are we going to do if we get bounced early in the playoffs? You know the media will call us frauds, right? Yes. And if we do get bounced early in the playoffs, guess what? We're frauds. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. But okay. that's a little on up to it. I'm not worried about early. Uh, I might be worried about Western Conference or the finals, but yeah. I don't think so. You know what? No, I did text nephew Hayden. I told him, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns did lose maybe in the first round to either the Clippers or Lakers. I just, I say those Why things. Why do you say these things? <laughs> I don't know because I'm still, you know, just like everyone gets, there's only one jamster that gives me crap still about the whole Anthony Davis Lakers where I gave up on the Suns after game three. <laughs> you know, right, that's you just, did. that's just the way I am. All right. Until I see it done, I don't believe in a whole lot of it, but. Yeah, <laughs> you say these things because you're a realist. Because you you yeah, don't know what you you're, you're not allowed to, to have nice things. Uh, because we're not in the the business of making proper predictions. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Zap at Matthew Lissy blocked. Well, please don't block me. <laughs> yeah, uh, C Buckstar. Lissy said we were done, man. Yeah, I'll remember that. You were just like so down after that game. I'm like, dude, it's okay. Yeah, I was. I dude, that was uh, asking they got. So, anyways, you'll probably get more of it these playoffs. So just deal with it. (laughs) So tune into the Suns Jam Session podcast. (laughs) Listen to me, but don't put a grain of salt. All right. Uh, Another thing that was kind of interesting in this game. uh, Again, not too much to take away from it, and I doubt we'll go a full hour on this podcast. uh, But Elf before holiday. Alfred Payton mm-hmm. got the nod before Aaron Holiday. Do you think this is potential insight to our playoff rotations, or do you think this is more of Monty Williams, just his fascination with Alfred Payton knows no bounds? What is the deal with Holiday? Is there something? He played five minutes tonight. Yeah, he played. Um, he He's did, not, I guess. Not getting the nod. So what happened there? I mean, the, when he was actually trying to run the offense, he didn't look that great. Defensively, he looked pretty good. But I was always really comfortable with him on the court, just from watching him from afar. I don't really know what I think Monty does this a lot though with players that I kind of like, and then he'll like sit him for five or six games and won't be there. And Alfred Payton, we kind of written off, right? We wrote him off going into the playoffs. We didn't think he would get any minutes, and we can kind of see tonight why. Um, but I don't know what that is. I don't think it really. I mean, if we're going us along with the whole, this doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter with Alfred Payton getting minutes. Yeah, I think it's just Monty Williams trying one last time to kind of see what he has and go, okay, uh, Alfred, here's another chance for you, man. It's like the Elia Kobo complex. Hmm. I think Aaron Holiday is a much better player than Alfred Payton. I think that he uh, is clearly a better shooter, isn't necessarily a better defender, but is somebody who has more potential, I would say. Uh, So I, I don't know the reason why. And Steve Holler says, Alfred Payton was terrible again. And everyone that plays with him looks lost when he has the ball. <laughs> and that's because he looks lost. That's a great observation because he looks lost. You know? Yeah. Yes. Coach Fallen founder, the Nader sense. complex. It's the same thing. It's like uh-huh. just I honestly think in this game, if Aaron Holiday had played over Alfred Payton in that second quarter where the Suns gave up that lead, a lot of that happened with Alfred Payton on the floor. I really mm-hmm. think that it would have been something quite we might have seen a different uh version of this game i really do i just he's i he we shouldn't see him in the playoffs man we just shouldn't no we no do, we no, just no. shouldn't anything that's going on right now we're not gonna see in the playoffs all right anything we see for the last four games 
Unless we play the Lakers, we'll probably talk. Or we'll talk about them later. Yeah, we'll talk about them. I'll that, save that. That, that Lake show. All I can say is Sham. Wow. Landry, Ham- Landry Shamit had a few bright spots in this game. He ended with 10 points. Uh, four of 10 from the field. Two from eight from beyond the arc. Almost had a dunk again. Uh, had seven total rebounds. I thought that was kind of interesting for him. Uh, Landry Shamit again, he's going to be the one guy, if Devin Booker does take some time off, we'll ha- have that opportunity. I wanted a little bit more from Landry tonight. Of course, I wanted a little yeah. bit more from everybody, didn't I? Yeah, first half, though, he looked really good, I thought. I thought this was the best half he's ever played. Um, maybe his career, I'm just kidding. Maybe just <laughs> this year. Yeah, he, he was, looked... He, three of five feeling, in the first half with eight yeah, points. Yeah, but he was feeling like kind of like the Booker role next to Chris yes. Paul, where he had some really nice passes. I thought he actually played like at a very, very high level tonight in the first half, where he looked comfortable with his shot. He looked comfortable with trying to find the whip-around pass, whoever was open for three. He was doing a lot of those, like getting into the paint, I haven't seen him play that way. I mean, yeah. usually you see him pop around the top of the paint, top of the key, pass it back out. But he was actually driving straight on and just wrapping the ball around to whoever was open. Like, really nice, crisp passes, kind of Devin Booker-esque. And I'm like, this is actually this is the look I want to see in the playoffs. So he had in the first half. Second half, of course, was the what it was in yeah. the second half for everybody. But I like his first half. He looked pretty amazing. His 10 points all came in the first half. Yeah, and that's what we need from him going into the playoffs as well. So that person who can play make more than just be a shooter. And mm-hmm. it's something that he has the ability to do, and he fell upon that role a little bit more tonight, and it was nice to see. So I thought I'd give him a yeah. drop. What was going on over on Oklahoma City Thunder subreddit, you might ask? The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So there I was hanging out on Thunder subreddits. And I'll tell you this, there's not a lot of comments on Thunder subreddit. (laughs) (laughs) When you go from watching like the Warriors and you're hanging out on that subreddit, even the Grizzlies, there's comments firing off left and right. And then you got the Thunder subreddit where like every six minutes somebody says something. (laughs) No one's watching the fucking game. Um, so here's some comments, and some of these might sound a little bit familiar. Suns fans, because this used to be us. Yeah. Here's one that says, anyone, and th- these are three consecutive comments uh, that I put down for my first subreddit stakeout. Anyone else happily t- tapping the tankathon simulations and not seeing us fall to seven every time? Because they're happy that they're shitty enough to where they're not constantly falling down mm-hmm. to seven. Then somebody said, we ready to receive the fully upgraded pain train head on. So a nod to Cameron Payne. And then who do you guys want in the draft? <laughs> no one's even watching really the game. No, they're just sitting there. No, nah, I would just watch the box score as it goes along, right? Just yeah. Just see that score. Yeah, just see it. And, you know, as uh, Shot Chucker just said in the YouTube chat, OKC wanted to lose. And then obviously they were winning kind of throughout the game. And somebody said, y'all some weirdos, man. Do you want the players to go out there and just kick the ball into the stands on every possession? And somebody's like, yes, if that's what it takes. <laughs> that was because, us. Because, they, you know, yeah. Because they're yeah. looking at the draft. They're they're watching the Final Four with great interest because mm-hmm. they want to see how that one kid from Duke plays. Uh, I don't even remember his name. It's like Baccaro or something. Yeah, I don't even know. Bo, is it Bo something? 
Or uh, is it? Oh, I was looking at fantasy baseball. Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. Bo Bichette. Yes. Bo Bichette. <laughs> Bo Bichette. <Fifth laughs> pick. That's how much I care about college basketball. <laughs> yeah. Somehow we disappointed them with a the win. Uh, somebody else said, mm-hmm. uh, R th- you know, the, the, the subreddit, R Thunder. R Thunder when Poco goes off. Aw, he's so good. R Thunder when Roby goes off. Fucking fuck off. No one fucking likes you. You're fucking ruining our tank. I'm a hypocrite, so I get it. <laughs> Man, who was the one player, though, for the Suns where they would go off? He'd be like, oh, hell yeah. Was it for me? It was always Dragon Bender. And then, oh, yeah. Someone even put in the comments Bender or Poke. It was like, Bender never had games like this ever. No, not no. even close. Bender never had anything close. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was the one guy. It's like anytime he did anything, you were watching and waiting mm-hmm. and hoping that he was finally going to b- break through to the other side. It's funny because I was watching the Solar Panel podcast yesterday and Coach Fallen Founder, who's one of our uh, elite jamsters who hangs out in the chat on YouTube during the games, was said a comment like that as well. He's like, I'm still waiting for Bender to come through, man. Like, we wanted Bender to be so good, so much. And that's how they feel about Poku. And it's kind of like Marquise Chris is their Roby. It's like anytime Roby does anything, if we're if Chris did anything, if he had any good game work, stop, man. We're trying to fucking tank. What are you doing, yeah. man? Stop Air ball another dunk. dunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also for Thunder fans, just be careful. You guys got giddy. You guys got I don't know one like I love Poker, I'll never give up on the dude. But you got giddy at yeah. what I think the sixth pick or something. Um, so yeah. I mean it just depends. Like, I wouldn't worry too much about getting the number one, number two pick. I think you'll fall where you fall, wherever Adam Silver wants you to fall you'll fall so lose as much as you want if he doesn't want you to get the number one pick you're not going to get it that's how that's how it works yeah it's all rigged man just understand mm-hmm. that uh but yeah so even they were upset that we were <laughs> that, that, that they were winning you know and to their points you know poku uh he did the rip through on cp3 got him at his own medicine which is probably his career highlight he had a block on Cam Johnson, as you mentioned a couple times, that was worrisome because it put Cam in an awkward situation. Looked like he could have yeah. hurt himself. So, you know, good for Poku. It had to come against us, huh? It had to come against us. His, his, this great game that, you know, Matthew's always talking about Poku and, and how great he could potentially be. He goes out. He's got 35 minutes. He's 7 for 14 from the field, 3 of 5 from beyond the arc, uh, 12, or I'm sorry, 17 points, 12 assists and 10 rebounds. Poku drops a fucking triple double on us. Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> I know, I know. It is probably me. It has something to do with him watching and just being like, yeah, I'm going to show up, dude. Because Matthew Paul, this is watching. And honestly, I don't even know what he looks like as a player to compare him to. I know we say Bender, but just because he's tall, white, and can shoot threes. Well, Bender couldn't <laughs> even Bender make threes either. Threes. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's the only reason I, I brought him up. But Poku is just such a strange, alien type of player. And if anybody watches uh, No Dunks, he looks just like Skeets still, but seven feet tall. And I, I was thinking, looking at the people behind the basket with Poku running into the crowd. He's probably one of the most freakyish things kind of run at you. Things. I'm not saying. <laughs> All right. He's not. I'm it's just true. saying. He's it's very funny. Lanky, I'm with you. Tall. He's kind of goop. It just would be a little bit scary if he's running after me or running at me. Yeah. Running he's like a velociraptor. You know, he's he just does. Like, look, he's, yep. It's like all limbs and, you know, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Terrifying that Poku. Terrifying. And, you know, him. Uh, who else? Who else beat us tonight? Some of these names is just frustrating. Aaron Wiggins, seventeen points. Isaiah Roby, eleven. Vit Krajicki. I don't even know how to say that guy's name. He played thirty-seven fucking minutes tonight. Five for 15, 11 points. Theo Maladon, who's played well against us in the past, had nine. 
And you had Jalen, or I'm sorry, Oliver Starr. Yeah. Oliver Starr. Yeah, I'm, 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 I got to do this because I have no freaking clue who this guy is. So he definitely gets the, uh, the drop on this one. The Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. Like, seriously, 24 points, 9 for 12 from the field, 5 of 6 from beyond the arc, 6 total rebounds. Who the hell is Oliver Starr? I know, I know. Every time we play the Thunder, we hand out the Jack Taylor Award because there's another guy who I have no idea who he is. Oliver Starr. It's, it's like, like when fake Madden or 2K, you're like five years into the dynasty mode or something, and there's like these random names that pop up, you know, that are drafted. That two, this is what it is. Two-way player. Went to Wake Forest in Kentucky. He's a rookie on a two-way. Yeah, okay. I mean, we, we were literally playing against the 2K created players, and we pumped. fucking lost. Yeah, He's man. Throwing it down tonight, dude. Yeah, good, good for Oliver Starr. Mm-hmm. I guess that'll bring me to uh, the jam star of the game. Jam star of the game. This is a reminder, Jamsters, hit the thumbs up button. Let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, for the first and only time ever, Oliver Star, jam star of the game. His last name, Star. The Oliver Star of the game. Yeah, I think it's Oliver Star. Oliver. Oliver. Everyone Oliver? Keeps saying, everyone keeps is he saying, French? Oh, it's Sar. Everyone's he is saying, French. He's French. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's Sar. France. I'm sorry. Everyone's like Sar in the chat. They're like, you. Oliver Saar, say wow, we got Oliver. <laughs> that's how. That's why he's. I mean, proves my point. It's the Olivier Saar, the jam Saar of the game. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I agree with you, then, man. I'm not gonna look at the Suns box score to see who I choose. No, not even um, gonna look at it. Disappointed nope. all around. Uh, kudos to Monty Williams for only getting uh, Mikhail Bridges. Bridges 30 minutes. Yeah, that's about it. Thoughts. In the middle of our- um, brains. All right, we'll do a little uh we'll do a little our thoughts here where we take a look at some things around the NBA. Yes. Obviously, it's the back end of the season. You have some teams who are fighting for playoff berths and the seating still has some ways to go. So, I'll go ahead right now. If you're watching, you'll see that I'm pulling up the standings currently and oh, you blocked it out, dude. Yeah, I did as much as I could Damn so it. you couldn't creepily stare around the corner. Mess with me. You're still trying, you son of a bitch. You see that? Hold on, hold on. Let's see. Right there. You see that? It's my middle finger. Um, <laughs> uh, so, currently, the first seed in the West, the Phoenix Suns. The second seed in the West, the Memphis Grizzlies. That's pretty much locked in. Then you have Golden State, Dallas, and Denver. They are all pretty close to each other uh, in the standings. Golden State currently has a half-game lead on the Mavericks. The Mavericks currently have a two-game lead on the Nuggets, and then the Nuggets have a half-game lead on the Jazz, who are currently in the sixth spot. Uh, that's pretty secure, if you will. The Jazz have a two-game lead on the Minnesota Timberwolves, and if you look at who the Utah Jazz have to play for the remainder of the season, they've got a game against Phoenix and a game against Memphis, but then they got a game against OKC and a game against the Blazers. So if they just kind of tread water, go 500. That's where that line of demarcation is. So, Matthew, do you think the top six teams are safe, or do you think that the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are currently in seventh place, have an opportunity to get that six speed, sixth seed? I'm sorry, seeing as they play the Bulls, the Spurs, and the Wizards. 
Um, I don't know if they're safe. I don't think they are. Uh, the, the only thing I'm really... safe. No, it's tough because I mean the the Jazz is their their morale is just so bad again. I mean, here we go again. I think they blew a lead. Was it last night or something? And then mm-hmm. Twitter just blows them up. And you know their locker room is not great still. Um, so that's something that's scary. I think Minnesota being the way they are and how well they've been playing all year and how they've had the momentum all year after having some crappy seasons, I think that can kind of drive them to the sixth seed. But Utah, if they do fall into the play-in tournament, is that like a thing where you're thinking maybe they can get played out of? Because if they play the Clippers and then the Clippers beat them, Clippers get the eighth seed or seventh seed. And if they were to maybe play the Pelicans, like I can see the Pelicans beating them. That, that's the thing with the five, six, or five, six, and seven with Denver, Utah, Minnesota. I just, I could see any of those teams really losing in the play in. I know Denver's pretty much got it locked in, but I can see them losing the play in. I just, I can't because Jokic is carrying that team and there's just, there's not a whole lot anybody else can do on that team to really help him. Yeah, but Denver, in play in. In my, Denver, in my opinion, won't fall to the play-in. I don't, you don't think so? They've yeah. Got, they, they've got three games. games. Three they've games, got, okay. They, yeah, they've got three games yet to play. They have to play against the Grizzlies, and then they have the Spurs and the Lakers. Okay. And and again, Denver currently is two games up on the Timberwolves for that last spot. So they would have to go probably 0-3, is my guess, to fall all the way to 7. Okay. Uh, if you look after the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves are really the true line of demarcation because the eighth seeded Clippers are six and a half games behind the Timberwolves. Uh, then the Pelicans are three and a half games behind the Clippers and the Spurs are a game and a half behind the Pelicans. The The Lakers, uh, I think they're done, man. They're they're because the Spurs won. The Spurs won and they are up two games on the Lakers right now. Okay. Yeah. And if you look at games remaining, the Spurs, well, they got four, and the Lakers got four. So, the 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 Spurs would have to go one and three, and the Lakers would have to go three and one because if there's a tiebreaker, goes to the Spurs. That's the only way that the Lakers go make it to the playoffs. Now that being said, the Lakers have to play the Suns, the Warriors, the Nuggets, and the Thunder, whereas the Spurs have to play, who, all all playoff teams. They have to play. The Warriors, the Mavericks, the Timberwolves, and the Nuggets. So anything is it's still possible. Now that being said, if the Suns play the Lakers on Tuesday and beat them, it's game over for the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I think in the preview I'll talk about. But also too, like a lot of what I'm seeing is, you know, too many teams are getting into the playoffs now. Too many teams have a chance. I mean, these teams that are 12 games below 500 that are like yeah. the Spurs. I, you know what? I don't mind it because I'm like, if they're going to lose, they'll lose. I kind of like the upset if they win. They're not going to, the Spurs team will not be in the play. And they'll, if they win the first round of the play in, um, and then the second they lose, then they won't be in the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But also, it is kind of weird how these teams are so terrible. But I just think that trying this and really just making sure that a lot of these teams have a reason to play is a reason that they are doing this. Mm-hmm. And it still makes it interesting. It still is like we're still watching basketball games because of the play. And no matter what their record is, you can put that aside. A lot of these games now are watchable because of the play. And I think yes. and without a doubt, I, I'm, I'm still for it. It just it seems like now people are like, huh, I'm kind of like sick of this. I just want the eight teams and then that's it. Yeah, it adds more excitement. And again, if you're for the plan or against the plan, you might say that until the moment that you're watching the uh, 
the playing games and you're like, this is damn exciting. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk at all about the East. Uh, but if you want to talk about, you know, teams in the play in, if you look at that nine and 10, where you have both Charlotte and Brooklyn are 18 games under 500, uh, yeah. you know, that's kind of interesting over there. So looking at the playoffs one last time here, the Suns potentially, if Minnesota beats the Lakers, then the Lakers would play the winner of the nine, 10 matchup with the right to play Phoenix. And I'm sorry, the Clippers, not the Lakers, the Clippers, yeah. uh, I would almost want the Clippers to win that game against Minnesota yep. and get the seven seed. And then we get the winner between Minnesota and either the Spurs or the Pelicans. That's in, in a perfect world, in a perfect path for the first round. As we mentioned, the the team, the Suns, would, you want that first round, especially if you're the number one seed, you've earned the right to have that first round to be a, to be the, the warm-up session for the things that lie ahead. That's the perfect path, right? Yeah, I, I think so too. And um, you know, a lot of these teams and a lot of the media are saying, you know, you play the Suns, and maybe that's someone that's a team that these these teams will look forward to to playing. I don't believe that. I think that the Clippers themselves would rather play the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round, of course, because the Suns are super hot, and then maybe they can find them later in the playoffs, which would be in the Western Conference Finals again, which would be kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, but. I think a lot of these teams are kind of trying to avoid it. So it's not like the Clippers will go into this and be like, we're going to take the night off and then hopefully win the next game. It's not going to be that way. They want no, to get no, this one no. over with and yes. play the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. Then we can stop worrying about momentum. Suns can have a bad matchup and then they can sweep whoever they're playing and we can have that momentum from that series and then have exactly. another six to seven to eight games off or days off before the next series. <laughs> exactly. That's what we need. So uh, anything else going on in the NBA that you want to bring up besides the, the shit show that is the Lakers? Cause we're going to talk about them here in a second. Uh, no, nothing right now off the top of my head. Jim. All right. Well, let's, and did I miss any notes? Let me take a from this really thunder quick. game. I know I didn't have a ton. Um, Oh, uh, Poku, the rip through against Paul. That was freaking amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Adam I had that zone game. Yeah, and then um, I had what else did I have? Chris Paul, a little sluggish in the third. That's my notes. All right. Well, let's talk about the on. Lakers game coming up on Tuesday. Phoenix Suns playing the Lakers. Uh, who knows who we're going to see in this game? I have to write the game preview and the recap for Bright Side of the Sun. And I hate it when you have these games at the end of the season and you have to cover them because you have no idea who's going to be in the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. and that's part of like the preview you're like hey just so you know like i fucked up one time and i accidentally left like jay crowder in there then he wasn't in there and everyone's like crowder's gonna play it's gonna be amazing blah, blah, blah. i'm like oops sorry i fucked up uh so i don't know who's gonna be starting for phoenix again this is gonna be a game at home with an opportunity to put your foot on the neck of the lakers as well as win your 63rd game i would think that monty is like listen this is a game that everyone's gonna start we're gonna play we're gonna get right after a couple losses and then knowing that we play the Clippers on a back-to-back -back the following night, and then we have a game against Utah, then a game against the uh, the Kings, those are more of the rest games, right? Do you think that he'll go with that strategy? Or do you think that it'll be another, we're going to be resting specified players in an effort to ensure that everyone's getting the proper amount of R&R uh, &R that they need? Yeah, I'm sure the first thing that Booker said when he went back to the locker room tonight was, hey, I'm playing next game. I want us all in there. I want to kill the Lakers. I want to knock them out of the playoffs. That way, you know, there's no chance of them having to play us again in the first round. Not saying that they're scared of them. It's just yeah. why we want to have to deal with that shit again. Playing L.A., LeBron and Anthony Davis, all that baloney. Go in there, win the game, knock them out. You get your 63rd win, like you just said, and then you can rest the rest of the games. That would be perfect. That would be 
um that and especially doing at home right that would be a thing where we can all just run through the streets 63 wins which means nothing it is a record for franchise history but obviously they want to get that just to make sure that the fans are happy it's nothing i feel like the players it's a great season and too bad we locked up the first seed so soon otherwise we could have had like 65 66 wins this season yeah but to get 63 and then a rest i think that would be awesome that's something i'm actually looking forward to i think it's going to happen yeah, I'm with you. I do. I think that this is a win for the Suns for all those reasons. It's at home. It's Devin Booker has an opportunity to kind of on the national spotlight once again show off who and what he is. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Lakers are just, they're a mess right now. I mean, you got AD sitting there. He is, it's so funny because Devin Booker had that one quote if ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. And yeah. that was directed at an Anthony Davis quote. And then you had, you know, news come out again today about Anthony Davis talking about what could have been if everyone was healthy. Like he's, he's great at just deflecting and saying, what if, well, what if, you know, if everybody was healthy and we didn't have so many guys in and out of the lineup, it's like, what you guys would have been like 42 and 42 or I'm 41 and 41 at the end of the season. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just don't see it. He's Anthony or he's LeBron James's yes, man, dude. So he sounds more and more like LeBron James. Like, you know, that's something that is just so cool that we have Booker here in Phoenix. Well, he'll never be a follower. Yes, he had Chris Paul here, but all that helped Chris Paul or all that helped was making Devin Booker a better leader, really, right? Absolutely. I mean, that is the difference between him and someone like Anthony Davis, who's a follower. And it just seems like you know, he doesn't know what to say, and it kind of seems like he just wants to be LeBron where they're just dapping on the sidelines after the loss. Be like, all right, don't worry. When we get together, we'll win these games. That's what they keep thinking. Like, you keep thinking that, and it's not happening. Like, they really still truly still think they're going to make the playoffs, and honestly, I kind of think it might happen, but that's why this Tuesday night is going to be the best game in franchise history during the regular season. I hope they do it. Come out and just get that crowd going. Stomp on them. Stomp on it. So... Let's go, Suns. Let's go win that game. Uh, Matthew, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here today? Uh, I'm actually good. Um, I'm. We have uh, some more prep to do for our fantasy baseball. Yes, fantasy draft, baseball draft. <laughs> yes, so so you have the yeah. first overall pick on the AL side, huh? I do, yeah. And you, you're thinking Jose Ramirez, right? I am. I, I looked up what the experts said. I actually spent like a good 30 minutes on the first pick of who to get. Nice. And if any of the Jamsters do watch baseball, just let me know. Garrett Cole. Uh, Jose Ramirez or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Really? So you're not going? You're, you're not going with Garrett Cole? You're a Yankees I'm not, guy. I'm not because there's some. I'm not. I can't say anything just in case other guys watch this. Nobody is watching us, dude. No one yeah, in no. our fucking fantasy there's baseball some... league gives a shit <laughs> that we do a Suns podcast. Like no one cares in our fantasy baseball yeah. league. That's the thing is, I have to hope some of the pitchers on the are on the back. But I, the experts are telling me, dude. They said to pick. You know the hitter, the outstanding hitter, and yeah, of course it's probably going to backfire. But I have to go. Well, I hope I it doesn't, man, crazy. because I have Jose Ramirez and I've had him for multiple years mm-hmm. in our fantasy keeper league. I'm mm-hmm. keep I keep him, and I'm keeping Shane Bieber, and I have the second pick in that one. I have like the fifth pick on the NL side tonight. So oh, okay, Got I third. yeah, I I have a lot to think of tonight. On it, it, for me, it sucks because I'm right in the middle. So it's like, you know how the, our draft is, man. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're on one side of the draft, it takes forever to come back, and you, you sit and you think and you think and you think. Then you get all excited, and you're like, all right, I'm going to go for this guy. And then yeah. he's gone. Like the, the cool thing for you is being that first pick, you get the sandwich. And mm-hmm. 
you guys are on the AL. No, so you'll get the back-to-back picks. You won't get like the pick and then the NL has to go and then you have to come back because mm. that's always fun because you get to really think. I would rather do that, yeah. I would too. But that's I mean, go. who do you think though? I want. I wanted to take Vlad, but I kept looking it up and they're like, no, No, I'm all Jose about Jose Ramirez, Ramirez man. I'm okay, all about, I just need... I just need that. I need a he's little bit of steady Eddie, dude. He hits for average. He hits for power mm-hmm. and he get he steals your bases. Like he's just money. There's a contract issue though, right with him. So I don't know if that plays into it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be good with it. Playing for okay. the guardians, the Cleveland guardians. <laughs> Is that their new name? Yeah, that's their new name. It's like the Commodores and the Guardians, the two politically correct oh. names. And right, what's funny cool. about the Commodores, the, the Washington Commodores, is their nickname is the Commies. So that backfired. They could have done so many cool things with those names. Why uh, do they choose the worst names? I don't know. I have no idea. They all sound like, like freaking... The Comrades uh, or something. Like, yeah, why? yeah. I don't know. Uh, but you know who I'm going to pick at number five if he's sitting there tonight, right? Tell me. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. And I could have a shot at him at the Keeper League, too. So. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, anyway, sorry, sorry, everyone. You had to listen to us talk a little bit about yeah, fantasy baseball. baseball Ma- yes. Matthew and I don't text or call each other. Uh, yeah, this is, a, <laughs> no. this is a basketball podcast from C. Bucks mm-hmm. to Bar. So, no, it's just a couple friends just bull jiving and not caring too much about this OKC game. You know, again, it's, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world, Suns fans. What's great is this time next week, Matthew and I will be sitting here with you and we will be doing a podcast and it will be a podcast after the Suns play the Sacramento Kings and the regular season is over one week from today. The regular season is over and then the fun begins. So sit back, relax, enjoy the end of this uh, regular season. The Suns have fought and, and, clawed and executed in the clutch to the point where we are the best team in the NBA and we can sit back for a week and just, you know, kind of do other. I was cooking dinner during this game. Like I was not like, I went to go get water. (laughs) I was listening to the game, of course, but I was like, I'm out of water. I'm going to die in 10 minutes. (laughs) I don't have water. So I had to go get water, dude. But yeah, that's why I was a little bit late because I was like, I gotta get water. So did you go to the, uh, the The one up on Warner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I missed that place. Good piece. Almost slipped and fell. I was trying to hurry. Mm, Got to be careful there. We don't need you to get injured either. So yeah, exactly. Uh, but on that note, Jams, just thanks you. Thank you for handing out, hanging, handing out with us. See, I'm just fucking. Yeah. I need to go do this fantasy baseball draft. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us on the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review wherever you're consuming this content. You can follow the show at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Boy. You can follow Matthew. I'm Make sure you hit that thumbs up button if you happen to be watching along live on YouTube. And if you go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and then write us a little review. We'll read it right here on the pod. Until Tuesday night, everyone have a fantastic evening. And, uh, yeah, see Tuesday after the Suns destroy the Lakers and go home and love your uh, family. Go home and draft your family. <laughs>